Welcome back to our podcast. Hi, we're very excited that you guys are back here today. Um, and we're also very excited to be doing this podcast, our newest episode. So um, this is just a way that we plan to start every episode. It's kind of like a icebreaker question, if you will. I feel like that um, is a very common phrase. Um, so the question I have for you guys today, but I'll be discussing with my sister here, is what is your favorite way to pass your time? Or like, what do you do in your free time? That's a really interesting question. And for all of you seniors out there or those of you in high school, like we are right now, it might be hard to know when you have free time because, you know, your academics and your extracurriculars kind of come together to all just be categorized as work. But I would say for me, free time, I try to spend off the screen. So I go for a walk or I work out, but it's not always that easy to just leave my phone, you know, and leave social media. But (laughs) What about you? Like, what's your favorite? I really agree with what you said. Like, obviously, my sister and I spend our free time together, (laughs) most of it, like um, going for a walk, working out, cooking. But usually what I do is go on social media, talk to my friends like online or my grandparents back home um, or just spend time with my family. So, um, I would also say like I like to work on my extracurricular activities, like something for a club. I know that that might not count as like free time because it it relates to schoolwork, I guess. But I choose to do it because, you know, some of it is actually like fun and and stuff. But yeah, I'm sure my sister can agree. For the most part, I'm usually on social media when I'm not really supposed to. What a good segue, Anaga, into our episode for today which is all about procrastination so let's dive right into our episode this one is all about procrastination what it is why we do it um, different types of procrastinators and maybe some tips at the end as well this episode will be a lot about um, expert opinion things we've read watched and listened to from experts in their field but also include personal insight of what we think about these theories So right off the bat, I want to say we'll be quoting Ali Abdal a lot. He is a Cambridge medical student, productivity guru, life coach. He has a YouTube channel and blog. Definitely check him out. As well as the book Getting Things Done by David Allen. We'll be referring to them a little bit and talking about what we feel about their theories. You talked about the sources. I also want to talk about like our context. So where we are coming from, like we mentioned, we're 18 years old. We're seniors in high school. So when we do talk about some personal examples, it's based on our context of our life currently, which mainly just revolves around school. But this topic is very applicable to every sphere of life. So we'll try to also be aware of that. And lastly, obviously, when we say the term procrastination, you guys might be like, oh, I know what that is. Everyone does it. And you guys don't have to remind me that (laughs) I do it. Um, Who knows? You might be procrastinating by listening to this podcast, whatever. Hopefully not, though. Hopefully you learned something from this podcast. Yeah, whatever it may be, we hope you can learn something new because um, kind of actually listening up to theories will hopefully teach you things that you don't know and uh, teach you how to analyze your habits and what type of procrastinator you are. Let's jump right in. Yeah, um, when I was researching about for this episode, because we wanted to compile some notes, um, I, the first thing I wanted to do was look for a definition of procrastination because I did not want something just saying when you waste your time you know i wanted something more nuanced so i think you found something do you want to share it 
For sure. Um, so what I was interested to find was actually the term procrastination or the habit of procrastinating. Is it is human nature so it dates way back? Ancient Greek philosophers actually developed a word for it and they called it akrasia. And I'm probably saying it wrong, but basically it was a term that meant um, when we act against our better judgment by doing one thing when we know we should be doing something else. And honestly, in my opinion, this is the entire basis of procrastination, right? Yeah, that is a really good definition, actually. And it um, and I think understanding a nuanced definition helps because Understanding the problem of procrastination, what exactly it is, and admitting that it is a problem, I guess, can help us address it a little bit more. Because, you know, we all hear procrastination and think of it as like a bad thing. But why do we all do it so much? You know, is it something psychological or innate? In the, like, we can think of common reasons like, oh, we procrastinate because we are lazy or because we don't like doing homework. But I think my sister, like you were doing a little bit of research on some more concrete kind of reasons for why we procrastinate. So what did you find from your research? I actually found this from Ali Abdal's blog. So he said that procrastination occurs due to a phenomenon known as present bias. I feel like I'm in my TOK theory of knowledge class with this (laughs) present bias. Yeah, definitely. It feels like that. Um, So yeah, present bias is basically the idea that human beings appreciate short term rewards, much more than long term rewards. So let's say you have a test in two weeks, you are likely to not start studying for it two weeks early, you're likely to instead go on your phone or watch a Netflix episode of your favorite TV show, because that gives you immediate gratification and immediate reward. But studying right now for a test in two weeks will help but two weeks later and we don't get that in the moment does that make sense (laughs) that's interesting and you know how you said like instant gratification i think that's why a lot of times we'd rather leave our work and go on social media because social media likes and follows and comments in a way is fuels that type of short-term kind of pleasure in terms of like instant gratification and something that you feel like is paying off in the short term because our brains are not really wired to fully appreciate and even understand the long-term benefits. Um, And we would rather like, you know, indulge in the present sometimes and want to see a reward right away. So honestly, that, that does make sense. But your your desire for instant gratification will come at an expense for long-term outcomes. That is very true. And since we don't see those long-term benefits, we don't want to start those tasks that are due much later. And this actually brings me to a very interesting thing I learned, which I also want to share with my sister as well as the audience. Um, I learned this and I also thought about it and it actually makes a lot of sense. So it's the idea that procrastination is at its highest before you start a task like the resistance to starting is the main cause of procrastination, the main reason why you don't want to start something and do it. What I'm trying to say is that the most difficult part is getting started on a task. That's where procrastination thrives. Would you agree with this? I would definitely agree with it, actually, because a lot of times people say, oh, I'm procrastinating because I'm not motivated. And people think that, you know, motivation allows you to, you know, 
do the tasks that you have to do. But I would say that instead of motivation being a cause of why you start your work, motivation is a result of after you start your work. So if you actually get over the first hurdle, which is the hardest of starting whatever it is you have to do. So once you start it, the motivation will follow as momentum and you will eventually be more motivated to continue the work. So motivation is the result of the action of doing the work, not the cause. So to answer your question, I do really agree with this, actually, because when I'm trying to think about it in my own life, and I'll maybe address this later, I don't have too much of a problem with procrastinating. So therefore, I don't have too much of a problem of starting the work. Um, you know, I just know that, oh, my God, this work is going to be hard. I don't want to do this. But I know I have to do it. So I started. Maybe I don't finish it immediately. Maybe I wish I was a little better at completing but the starting part which is what we're talking about here um, is not very hard for me I get it so you're saying that it's harder for you to continue like keep the endurance going and finish the task and I would agree with that like I also think that's the same for me for sure and I think that's another part of it so starting is one main part and continuing and finishing could be another part too definitely so you know we don't want to give a solid definition of procrastinators all the time like oh people only procrastinate at the start of their work because that if we do that we're molding all individuals into one procrastination bubble but people procrastinate differently at different points of their work whatever the work might be let's now segue a little bit into talking about different types of procrastinators and this is for the audience as much as it's for us because we just um actually i think my sister just researched this and she's gonna say them to me and we're gonna talk about our opinions and maybe you guys can also see if you fit into any of these for sure it's kind of like a buzzfeed quiz like which type of procrastinator are you like i've been researching a little bit about this and my favorite article is actually written um, on the Insider by um, Ali Scheidler and Marissa Boisvert. So I'll just kind of paraphrase the main four types of procrastinators that they cited. Um, the first type of procrastinator is somebody who thinks that they work well under pressure. And so they cram when it's almost near the deadline of whatever the, it is they have to do. The second person is someone who says I'm too lazy or cites lack of motivation for not being able to get their work done. The third type of procrastinator is somebody who is overbooked and spread too thin. The last type of procrastinator is what the article cited as the novelty seeker who is always moving on from one idea to the other quickly, like getting bored of what it is they're doing so they cannot be consistent and follow through with, with things. So I may have kind of overloaded with information there. I basically summarized four types of procrastinators. So why don't we break this down and you know, do you want to start with the first one? Um, Definitely. And I are, I think this is so interesting. Like I never really thought of this. I mean, you know, it may have been like an, uh, like a something we see in a daily basis, but the fact that there are these types written out. Um, so for the first one, the type of person that only works well under pressure, um, that immediately made me think of the Parkinson's law, um, which has to do with the fact that work expands to fill the time you're given. So if you're given more time, you if you're given more time, you are likely to spend less effort on doing that thing. So this term was actually coined by I'm gonna like, I'm gonna butcher the name, sorry, but it was coined by Cyril Northcote Parkinson. And 
So it's basically there's an X and a Y axis and it's a bell curve graph that's skewed to the right. Oh, some math lessons here. Did not mean to do that to you guys, but an X axis is time. Y axis is effort. So when the time is very less, meaning when you're close to the origin, that's when the peak of effort happens. Less time, more effort, more time, less effort. And you know, it, let me put that in like real world terms, I guess. Basically what this means is, is if you're given an, a, a test to prepare for in two weeks, people who, you know, kind of abide by or relate to Parkinson's law are likely to not work well for the first two weeks and only work well in the last one or two days when the deadline is fast approaching, they feel the pressure. Many people work well under pressure. So it's definitely an interesting concept, the fact that there's a graph and everything for it. But what do you think? I mean, I think the argument here is cramming or pacing. And I don't mean cramming to sound in like a negative way. I just mean kind of last minute type of thing. The Parkinson's law you mentioned actually really clearly talks about the first type of person we're talking about, which is a somebody who, who works well under pressure. So the Parkinson's law depicts how, uh, depicts how sometimes, you know, cramming or doing things kind of as they come maybe um, can actually be quite effective. But if you're getting a little personal here, personally, I have never been that type of person for the most part. And once again, we're talking about our school assignments here um, and you know, other things as well, maybe like habits I want to build on. I'm usually not a crammer. And that's because I know how I learn in my school context. So I take time to learn, I take time to grasp onto information, I need to feel prepared to even have a chance of doing well in the upcoming test. So I wouldn't really trust myself to procrastinate. But it does make sense when you say, for example, I have an assignment that's maybe not that important. I think I'll do just fine if I leave it for the last day. Exactly. So I think based on what you said, it's very important for everybody to dig deep, reflect and figure out what works for them. If you work well under pressure and are able to get good grades, more power to you. If you think pacing is good and you're able to learn a little bit every day and maintain the same level of motivation and rigor, that's also great. So yeah, I think, you know, Anaga and I aren't really this type of person though. <laughs> I think if anything, we crack under pressure. Anyway, should we move on to the next one? The second type of procrastinator is someone who says that they're too lazy or cites lack of motivation as a reason for not completing whatever task it is they have to do. So what do you think about that? First of all, going back to the argument you made before, how you feel that motivation is not necessarily the cause of procrastination or yeah, lack of productivity. I think that's one of the reasons why I may not relate to this because Motivation is not always what will get you started. It's not really motivation. Motivation is what might help you continue. So I think when you're saying you're lazy as well, I think it's important to understand where the laziness is coming from. Are you tired, lazy, bored, lazy? Like, do you know what I mean? That is true. And it's also kind of ironic sometimes because you might be too lazy to do the thing you're procrastinating. So for example, if I'm procrastinating, um, from like submitting an assignment, maybe I'm like, oh, I'm too lazy to submit the assignment while I'm on social media. So I'm clearly not lazy enough. Like I'm, yeah. I have the energy to go on social media and do all these other things, but I'm too lazy to do the important. So it's an important task. So it's kind of this like selective thinking and prioritizing that leads to um, procrastination. So it's not exactly that you're lazy. You're just too lazy for the actual task.
Okay, the third one is somebody who is overbooked and spread too thin. For this one, we really have to understand, is it that you're overbooked or are you spending too much time of your day procrastinating that you can't do anything else? Do you know what I mean? Like, if, for example, you give yourselves two hours to study for an e-contest, how much of those two hours were spent scrolling through Instagram, checking your messages, scrolling through TikTok? Maybe a good 10, 20 minutes, you know? But if those 10, 20 minutes weren't used up, uh, procrastinating, you could have finished your econ practice in two hours instead of extending it, you know, to make up for the time. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, but another way, I, another thing I would say is that many people now nowadays, you know, whether you're in school working, um, you know, a job or um, whatever it is that you're doing, there there's a high, you know, probability that you are overbooked. For sure, the work culture is definitely real. Yeah, and with that work culture, you might actually keep citing that as a reason. Okay, I'm not getting this work done because I'm overbooked, I'm spread too thin. So it's definitely a reality, something that we need to be aware of and, you know, be better at prioritizing. But we'll maybe get back to this later in the tips section. And the last type of person is, I'm not really heard too much about this one, but the novelty seeker who's always moving on from one idea to the next, maybe they get bored easily. Like, what do you think about this one? Because... I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like this. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we're not like this because we're in school and we have a set things, we have a set number of things we have to get done. But I think in the real world, this could definitely play out. Like you may try one internship and then immediately be like, no, I don't like this one. Let me go to another one. You're not necessarily procrastinating. Like, I don't know if procrastinating is the word, but you're leaving it. You're leaving it aside. So yeah, you're not finishing it. So I guess procrastination. And, you know, I guess that also has to do with where your passion lies. There's nothing wrong with wanting to try multiple things. But if you prioritize and maybe choose things that you know you will follow through with, that can avoid this type of procrastination. Actually, now that you say that, this actually kind of might relate to me because you know how I was saying before that my problem sometimes is completing the task. Like I would rather, I would, I wish I could complete tasks sooner. Um, so yeah, maybe in some cases, I do need to improve on following through with things. But, you know, like, because sometimes I jump from one thing to another too quickly. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, because that doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're sorry, procrastinating, but you just need to get better at completing things and being consistent, which is equally important. Definitely. If you're moving from one thing to the other quickly, it could also be seen as you're chunking out your time and doing a little bit of math today, a little bit of English today as well. But yeah, as long as they get followed through for sure. That was actually so interesting. Um, I hope you guys were able to relate to any one of these procrastinators. And hopefully so far in this podcast, you're learning a bit more about the different types of procrastinators and why we procrastinate. Yeah. And we also hope you guys kind of gave a gave a little thought as to maybe which one you relate to the most maybe there's more than one maybe there's none you know so since you know my sister and I like sometimes like I said oh I don't think this is me but then when we talked a little more about it I'm like oh actually this is me so I think I see myself in bits and pieces of all of them for sure like I would definitely say the you know, the second one where the person cites being too lazy is the most common one for sure. So that was definitely interesting once again from an insider article. Now we're going to move on to the next part of this episode, which is tips. And some of these tips are 
from us, but we're going to focus on some main ones that are obviously not devised by us. They're either kind of known as general productivity tips or like two of them are actually from the novel Getting Things Done by David Allen, which is like the productivity Bible I've heard. So we definitely recommend you guys read that. To add on to that, um, obviously, when we, we, we're saying tips, there's a lot of, you know, very common, maybe even cliche tips on uh, reducing procrastination. So we actually have a few from these kind of sources that we talked about that were at least new to us at the time that we read it. Would you would you agree? Yeah, either they're new to us or we just, I guess, appreciated and understood the essence of the tip more. For sure. So we'll jump right into that. So I'll start with the first one. And it is what we call the two minute rule from the Getting Things Done novel by David Allen. The main idea of this two minute rule is that if you have a pending task that can be completed in less than two minutes, for example, sending a quick email, running a quick errand, then you should do it right away without any hesitation and without any delay. However, if it will take any longer than two minutes, you should, you know, make sure you write, write it down and return to it when you have more time. The main idea of this two minute rule is to get these miscellaneous small things out of the way so they don't pile in later. What do you think about the two minute rule? It's interesting because I think this is something that most people do subconsciously. Like, you know, you may not call it the two minute rule because Two is a pretty arbitrary number. The essence behind this, like you mentioned, is the idea of getting short tasks done quickly so they don't pile up on your brain. Actually, a really good tip because sometimes I do find myself having a bunch of miscellaneous things to do, like editing somebody's article for the literature club or sending a quick promotional poster for something else. And getting them done quickly also makes you feel more productive. You know, we've heard many YouTubers say, oh, make your bed first thing in the morning. It's a quick task that builds your momentum to continue doing more bigger tasks. Definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, so yeah, there's a two minute rule for you guys. Now moving on for more long term tasks. I mean, not even but like the next step, I guess. So after the two minute rule, we have the 10 minute rule. The 10 minute rule is quite simple. If you find yourself procrastinating from something you have to do, whether you're procrastinating starting your math IA or procrastinating starting your workout routine, uh, um, then you should tell yourself that, okay, I'm going to do it right now for only 10 minutes, no more, no less, just 10 minutes. And then the idea behind this technique is to do this one thing of procrastinating for 10 minutes without distraction to build momentum, because after the 10 minutes, you will see that you have made progress and you maybe won't want to stop. You want to continue and the momentum will build and one task will lead to another, which will lead to another. And you will find yourself making more progress and completing more tasks this way. Do you have anything to add on about this one? You explained it really well, but it also goes back to the idea that we were talking about earlier that starting a task is the hardest. The essence of this tip is also to break the resistance. It kind of builds momentum, breaks resistance. I really like how you went back to the idea of you know the starting part versus the um completing part so which one would you see yourself using like the 10 minute rule and the two minute rule would you use both of them 
I think definitely, yeah. The two-minute rule is a little bit more for getting things quickly done, whereas the 10-minute rule in essence is more to get started because nobody can finish a big task in 10 minutes. The rule is more so to get started. When we're thinking about more endurance-related, kind of like how you were saying before that your problem is not getting started, it's continuing. Yeah, that is my problem. Definitely. And I'm sure many of you guys listening can relate to that too. So the 10 minute rule is more for breaking the resistance, but in terms of endurance and maintaining it, you all have probably heard of the Pomodoro technique. Yeah. I mean, that's a good segue from the 10 minute rule to now a longer time span. Um, So if I'm not mistaken, the Pomodoro technique is 25 minute um, studying and five minute break, right? Yeah. And you repeat that as many times as you need. Yeah, so that is another way. And I feel like the idea behind it is really good. The sense of, you know, do your work, chunk out your work, take breaks, because breaks are equally important. And I know many, many people who use it, and they have all um, really benefited from the Pomodoro technique. It's a really good time management technique to reduce procrastination. Before we talk about what we feel about the Pomodoro technique, I'll take some time to explain the essence once again, because I think that's what we're trying to do. The essence of giving 25 minutes is to build endurance, like because 25 minutes is long enough to finish a pretty decent task. And then the five minute break is kind of builds on the idea of present bias, because we so um, badly yearn and crave for these little rewards. The five minute in the five minute break kind of gives you something to look forward to and work towards. Ooh, I like that connection to the present bias we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I'm trying to like make sure we connect all our theories because I feel like they all relate a lot together. But yeah, so what do you think about Pomodoro? I know we've both used it, but what is your kind of opinion on it? I think the Pomodoro technique will will allow you to chunk out your work and feel like maybe get more things done because you know the break is coming, you know the instant gratification is coming. So it's a good way to manage your time. But it won't stop you. Like if you're if you're somebody who crams and you want to stop cramming, it probably won't do that because if you still have two weeks to do something, the Pomodoro technique won't like make you start earlier. But that being said, I've tried the Pomodoro technique before. And once again, I would, I really like the idea behind it, but just personally, the 25 minutes is just a bit too, like, I don't want to sound nerdy, but I, you know, I I need more than 25 minutes if I'm really wanting to do something. So definitely you want to, you can, by all means, adjust the timer um, of this Pomodoro method. It's a method more than like a timer, I guess. Um, But I also, I feel like I'm low key, just like self driven if that makes sense I don't need a timer telling me okay now's your break okay now's your time to study again like would you agree with that I agree and I think my sister and I also are good at holding each other accountable for that if when if you know that you're able to set aside one hour to just work you don't need a timer telling you that and you know the idea of Pomodoro is not really 25 minutes five minutes even though you know it is scientifically proven to me the idea is more about chunking so the first chunk I'll spend preparing for my French oral. The second chunk I'll spend preparing for my English oral. It allows you to accomplish different tasks in a given period of time. Of course, however, if you're studying for a test, you may have to spend more than one 25 minute rotation on the same subject. But the idea of chunking is very, very helpful to reduce procrastination. And so is the idea of rewards. 
For sure. So there you have it. The two minute rule, the 10 minute rule, the 25 minute rule. It's a good way to kind of just like, so two minutes is for the smallest tasks you may be procrastinating. And then it eventually just becomes a bigger, more maybe important as well task. So now that we've also kind of talked about our our feelings and thoughts on these tips, um, I would just like to throw out another discussion question, I guess, now that we have looked into a lot of theories and tips as well. Do you think that with online school, because that's the context we're in, in the middle of a pandemic, we are continuing our schooling online. Um, Those of us who are fortunate enough to continue online school, would you say for those people, procrastination is, has gotten worse because of school closure? I would have to say yes, because you're on your computer screen, you have Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all like a fingertip away or like a click away. So and also less accountability, I guess, because you can keep your cameras off, your teachers can't see what screen you're on. So I think procrastination may have gone up in the sense that you're not paying attention in class, meaning you're not doing the work you're assigned in class. And I also think not only is it easier to procrastinate, there are also fewer consequences. This is kind of weird to say, but what I mean is, if you don't listen in the Zoom, you can watch the recording. So you're not really missing much. Do you know what I mean? That's true. And you also have, you know, in some ways, easier access to social media, because sometimes in schools, people, you know, the teachers don't allow you to use your phones, or they block certain certain websites. So when I'm on my Zoom class, I can just keep my camera off and go on social media. And in some cases, that's procrastination. Since we're in online school right now, should we end this discussion question by giving some tips. So what are your tips to prevent procrastination in online class? Mm, I don't want to sound like a teacher, but this is, you know, kind of goes without saying, keep your cameras on. If you're on video call, if you're able to keep your camera off and there's no circumstances preventing you from being unable to keep your camera on, because when you're in real school, you're there, you show up, you're, you know, you're there present in the moment and keeping your camera on will prevent you from just going back to your bed. You know, do do I sound like a teacher for saying this? I mean, maybe, I don't know, but it it has definitely helped Anaga and I, because when your uh, camera's on, you're less likely to like go on a YouTube video and start smiling or laughing at something because people can see you. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It, it can, you know, you can have your camera off, but still be as engaged as you've ever been. But if you're struggling, this is the one way to do it. Do you have any other tips? That was one main tip. I think another main tip also is about the accountability I was mentioning. If you want more accountability, I think study groups would really help if your friends are willing to study. Because if you are on a Zoom call watching other people diligently work, you know, there's something, some neurological explanation, I'm sure there is, but there's something about watching other people do it that makes you want to mirror them and do the same. Yeah, doesn't Ali Abdal also do these live study sessions on his YouTube channel? Oh my gosh, yeah. That, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, he had this three-hour-long repetitive Pomodoro live stream. And at first, when I saw it, I was a bit confused. I was like, okay, so people are just going to watch him study with a timer on his screen and background music, and that's going to make me motivated to study. I was a bit confused, but the idea of accountability comes in there. You see somebody else doing it, you feel like you can also do it. It could work for you. 
it's accountability and it can also be like the sense of solidarity and a common struggle you know we're <laughs> in this together moving on from that discussion question of online school i would like to ask we we are all victims to procrastination it's human nature we can't fully eliminate it but when do we know if your procrastination is getting really bad like when do we know that it, okay something has to change I really like how you said there that we are all victims to procrastination. Like we're all, you know, it is not it is almost natural. I mean, there are phenomenons and ancient Greek philosophers explaining it. But I guess when it gets bad, to kind of put it very very generally, but you know, it's when your sleep schedule gets disrupted, it's when you get bad grades, it's when you feel like you can't keep up in class, you show up every day and you have no idea what's going on, which is so scary in senior year, guys. Do not recommend that. But anything else not recommend that but definitely good good tip for sure it's it's very personal i think a, a lot of people might actively know that they procrastinate but they're doing well and that's definitely fine if you have figured out your own rhythm and your own way of doing it definitely check in on yourself though think about it okay could this have been easier or would this have been a smoother process if i had just started studying a few days earlier set goals from there because some people procrastinate more than others i know i procrastinate i have friends who procrastinate and you know we have a collective kind of rant when we complain about how much we procrastinate and how much work we have to do because you know the more work you have the more likely it is that you procrastinate at this point honestly so I really liked what you said about setting goals for yourself. If you know you're a procrastinator but you're still able to get your work done, like if you're able to do it last minute, you know, Parkinson's law, you're still able to get it done under pressure, that's great. But setting goals can also really help because if you guys are victims of procrastination, like many of us might be, it's not enough to just be like, "Oh, tomorrow I'll wake up and not procrastinate anymore." This kind of like This is very nerdy of me and definitely not my lane, but you know the law, right? The physics law: an object at rest stays at rest unless it's acted upon by another force. So we have like theory of knowledge, math, physics, everything in this podcast. That's so interesting, right? Like procrastination is such a kind of general, I guess, easy to understand topic, but there's so much about it. But yeah, like what I said, the object is at rest unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. What I mean by that is you will remain. as a procrastinator sitting on your phone unless you do something like you have to find a way to you have to find a way to break that resistance which is the 10 minute rule we were talking about like you can't expect to just magically one day become productive you need to find a way to act on it which is that kind of external force that'll make you not be at rest i.e. not procrastinate that also relates to cuz we were saying the hardest part is getting started so when we say an object is at rest unless it's you know acted upon that is like the step 1 to success scent of success we hope you guys learned a little something here to be more successful that way definitely and yeah we hope you this podcast episode was helpful to you guys in terms of what we think about it and uh, what we think about procrastination some theories ways to avoid it and different types of procrastinators so to end this episode we have planned something for each episode to end it on like an exit ticket which sounds very very teachery but we're going to try to make it not as teachery by making it kind of thought provoking questions that you guys should can also think about on your own So for today I want to ask my sister a scale of 1 to 5 how much 
where would you rate your level of procrastination? Five meaning like you're the master procrastinator and one being like you don't procrastinate at all. You get work done the minute it's assigned. Oh, that's a really good question. So five is I'm the world's biggest procrastinator and one is, you know, I got this, you know. I would put myself at a three maybe like solid just in the middle because I don't really have too much of a problem with getting getting things done I don't find myself falling behind on work too much I you know I I have enough time to study for tests when it's out of school things I have to do outside of school I have ways to kind of remember that write them down you know even though definitely there are times I procrastinate that's why I put myself in a three like in the middle it's it's fine could get better could be worse what about you I agree I think my sister and I have talked about this a lot and we'll definitely give you guys tips in our next episode on how we have become more productive but I would also rate myself a 2.5 or a 3 because I feel like it stems from our Indian public school education system which instills a lot of discipline if you guys have ever experienced that For sure. I mean, I really agree with that. We're actually going to go into this a bit more in our next episode. So what I'm trying to say is that my sister and I, we are pretty self-directed. We know we have to get things done. I mean, we're in senior year of high school. There's kind of like a, you know, do task number one, then do task number two, then do task number three. It's not like we're in the real world where you can make your own decisions. I think with independence, comes more of an ability to procrastinate. Maybe since um, school is so structured for us, we procrastinate less, but it could also be vice versa. You could procrastinate more because there's such a rigid structure to school compared to independent life. Yeah, like as we move on to college and beyond, you know, for everybody, there'll be more responsibilities, more things to keep track of, more things to be, you know, like take accountability for. And you have to, a lot of that you'll have to do in an independent manner. So to lower um, the probability of procrastination and everything, our next episode will actually talk all about productivity. It'll be kind of similar to this where we touch on theories and exciting kind of concepts. Then, And I say it's exciting because like procrastination, you think you know everything there is to know about it, but it's actually very interesting. So what can we look What can the listeners look forward to in the next podcast episode? So yeah, it's about productivity. But one thing you guys can definitely look forward to are some more digestible things. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy to just give like a whole theory and expect somebody to utilize it. But something very digestible this it'll actually come from the novel getting things done by david allen five principles to to become more productive and procrastinate less so we're very excited to share that with you guys and kind of break it down for you guys because it may actually help for sure and i'm excited because it segues quite well this episode and next episode we'll talk a little more about um, other tips that we have seen and used and found that it's actually allowed us to be a little more successful. On a closing note, though, we really hope this podcast had a good balance of expert opinions and theories and our own personal insight, because that is our goal with every episode. We want to learn with you guys because we definitely don't have everything figured out. So We really hope you enjoyed that. Leave us any comments on what you thought about this. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us on this very timely topic that can relate to everybody no matter where they are in life. So we hope you enjoyed and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.